don't buy cheap USB hubs. Please don't. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. SF Live episode 144 with a small technical hiccup here. And uh, really, really excited to be joined in a few short seconds by Don Durrett. He's the guest we've had on the most at SF Live because we really enjoy his, his conversation. Like, A, we enjoy talking with him, of course, but his views on the current situation. Timing is perfect because gold bounced today. We're up over 2% and the market is closed now. So we're going to talk to him about how he sort of sees that bounce in the gold price. Is this a rebound? Is this a dead cat bounce? Are we off to a rally? Are we heading lower? So really curious to see and hear what he has to say. But before we switch over, make sure to follow us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, and make sure to click that like and subscribe button as well. Turn on that little bell notification item. We do everything live and we are... Uh, as I said, we, we deliver an information advantage. So make sure to, to follow us there and to leave a comment like. And what do you think of the dead cat bounce? Is this a dead cat bounce? Is this a rebound? Is this the beginning of a new rally? Really want to hear from you. Now, let me switch over to Mr. Don Durrett. Don, how are you? Hey, Thanks Kai. for joining us. Hey, Kai. Thanks for having me back. Oh, always, always. Like I think we have you on the fourth time now, and uh, really value your insights. I really appreciate you joining us. Timing is perfect. Like we booked this, we, we scheduled this a couple of weeks ago already. So, um, with with gold and silver actually moving as well today, I think silver was up three percent. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but gold up over two percent, silver up around three percent. Let, let's make sense of what we're seeing. Let's talk about that first before we dive into some other topics. Um, Let's, let's put it in perspective. What are we seeing out there, Don? Uh, is it dead cat bounce? Is it a beginning of a rally? Are we being head faked? Um, yeah. Gold gets pushed down um, by big money, if you will. Um, and sometimes you could say there's the, the banksters, the, uh, the bullion banks as well. But And then it starts to rally because the, the, the bulls come in and they want to buy the dip. But gold, it's been trapped. Um, it's been trapped since for a while now. I would definitely say January and February and now into March, gold's been trapped. It's, it's been trapped for two reasons. One is we have this very strong risk on trade, which we saw today, we saw this week, you know, the Dow's at 32,000. And the big money is right now focused on making money in the stock market. And until, and as long as that strong risk on trade exists, um, gold is not going to join the party. It's not going to, you know, basically trend up. It has to get to 1950 to break out. So in anything under that, it's kind of trapped. It's in a range, in a trading range, if you will. Now it's at the bottom end of the range. If you remember, it, was it wasn't having any trouble uh, get being like between 1800, 1850 for a while. Now it's down all the way down to 1700, but it's still in a range. Um, and the reason why is because of this really strong risk on trade that we've had um, since October. Actually, you can go all the way back to March, but we had September we had a bit of a correction, and then we kind of went full bore again all the way from October. And so, you know, we're not going to break out. Um, the other thing about gold being trapped, and this is kind of played out, is that if the stock market drops, gold drops. So gold can't win right now because it can't. We can talk about what's going to flip it. We got to get the sentiment to change. Um, so a twenty dollar today, a twenty dollar move. Okay, we got over seventeen hundred. Okay, that's that's good, but it's really not great because the sentiment has to flip. And so, you know, the stock market. Whenever the stock market goes down, gold goes down, and the stock market stays strong. It goes up a little bit, but it's still trapped. It's still stuck. Um, you know, some of these technical uh, 
a lot of the technical analysts are saying, this is a bottom, this is a bottom. I mean, the charts look like gold's at a bottom. But I've been saying that until um, the stock market corrects, the last correction we had was in um, September, which I expected. I'm expecting another correction in the second quarter, possibly the end of this month. But the end of this month, I was saying that's the earliest. But second quarter, I'm expecting a correction. And then that could flip the sentiment. So you want me to go into sentiment or you want me to pause here? Uh, no, that, that, that's perfect. Like, I, I actually want to talk about the reasons why you see a change in sentiment. Like, And, and yeah. for me, a lot leads back to the U.S. stimulus that's happening, right? When checks yeah. are being sent out. So I was actually really surprised that we've seen stocks rally like crazy today. We've seen Tesla go up close to 20%. And I was right. just sitting in front of my desk, just in my front of my screen, just shaking my head, like, where, why, right? What is yeah. pushing this? Are investors front-running potential stimulus money coming in? Because I personally predict that some of that stimulus money will just go straight into the stock market. It will push a lot of stocks higher, uh, like we're yeah. seeing right now, before it okay. actually starts starts to fall apart, right? Right. So right. That, that 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 is the perfect segue to talk sentiment. Right. right. Okay. So, yes, and. It will probably melt up a little bit higher, but I, I think it's not a lot. Um, I just I just see a lot of problems here. I mean, we saw it with the 10-year last week. It went to 1.5, and the stock market had a couple 600 down days. So the stock market is like you know nervous because we don't. This isn't 2013 all over again when gold crashed and the stock market started going higher and we started getting this rally we started to get this recovery. I don't think this is 2013 all over again. This is a kind of a new era. I mean, if you look at the Fed's mandate, um, the Fed's mandate used to be uh, inflation and jobs, full employment, low inflation. That used to be its mandate, right? Now it's wearing six hats instead of two. I mean, you could say it wore more than two, but the dollar now, I think, is, is a mandate. They don't want the dollar to crash. So they're looking at that and the, and the interest rates, you, you, we've never before, we've never even heard of YCC, yield curve control before. That's kind of a new acronym that just popped up. But that's something Japan started in 2016. So we're kind of turning Japanese, we're gonna do the same thing. And everybody's talking, well, the Fed cannot allow interest rates to go higher. So that's a new mandate. And the Fed said, we don't want that mandate because they already know they're juggling everything and all these, all these mandates in the air. We don't want that one. <laughs> And so Powell came out and said, no, no, we're not going to do yield control. And everybody's saying, yes, you will. You don't have a choice. So that's another mandate that's out there. Then you have the stock market. And I think this is the reason why I have this strong risk on trade right now. So if you go back to, I would say, 2015, 16, 17, whenever the stock market started to dip, lo and behold, the Fed would show up and inject liquidity. And you'd see the, you'd see the money supply grow. And so the money supply in the stock market were all trending the same. And everybody started, everybody started seeing this. And we said, whoa. And the thing that was interesting about it was the Fed would inject liquidity into the system, which would, would filter into the stock market. They would do it whenever the stock market started going down. And so everybody, you know, the Fed wouldn't say we have a mandate of making sure the stock market doesn't crash, but it started to become obvious, right? And so that's that's what we're seeing today. So people that are investing in the stock market, they believe that the money supply and the Fed will increase on dips. So we have, you know, you call it, you call it the Powell put. You know, we saw it's called the Bernanke put. So now we have the Powell put. 
Um, and he's going to inject liquidity into the markets in order to prevent the stock market from crashing. So we have we have that one. And, and then they have, the other one uh, mandate they have is liquidity into the bond markets. So when, if a corporate bond goes bad, they're buying up these bonds. So that started, you know, so the Fed is juggling a lot. So Thank we have this you. we have this weak economy. Right. We have, what, 10 million people that ha need to go back to work. And how many of them are not going to get a job back? Right. We're not going back to this four percent unemployment rate anytime soon. Uh, this year's, you know, it, it's just not going to be a strong year for the economy, I don't think. So that's the reason why I think people have to start getting nervous about the situation. And so this risk on trade, I think, has to um, has to break to a certain extent. I just I'm expecting a correction in the second quarter for all these reasons I'm mentioning here. And then. Once that happens, then I think you're going to start to see gold trend. And there's so much pent-up demand there, and there's so much money that wants to move out of the risk on into the risk off, which is gold. Um, that, And I think that a lot of people really don't want to go into bonds because if interest rates are going higher because of inflation, bonds aren't a great place to hide. So if we have this correction, gold's probably going to get a bid. So I don't see... The lowest, when this correction hits, I think we're probably going to go down to 1600 gold. I think somewhere between 1600, 1625, maybe 1650. That's where I'm expecting this trade is downward. And then I th then gold will get a bid. I don't know where it's going to get a bid. It could go all the way down to 1550, but that's kind of as low as I expect it. I'm thinking 1600 is going to hold, but I've been saying just wait for the dip. So I'm waiting for the dip before I start buying gold stocks uh, there, 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 there's a lot to unpack what you just said there like there's a lot of information that we could follow up on and, and probably spend hours and hours on right so let's look at the the extremes a little bit right so you you, you talked bond yields obviously which is causing massive headaches at uh, at the fed of course because that means they have to pay more interest right which they pretty much can't afford but since they're printing their own money it doesn't really matter but it's not ideal Right, so I think we're sitting at a 1.54% interest rate for 30 years, if I'm not mistaken, which which is quite quite a bit of an increase of the last few weeks, actually. And uh, but where is this all leading? Like, you, like if you want to play to the end game, right? Like, where is this leading? What kind of um, like in Germany we say what kind of blut, what kind of uh, buds is the whole market going to produce, right? Like, uh, like what what's happening? Is GME like GameStop? Is that one of those like or Tesla trending twenty percent today? Are those like some of the results of this this hype market of like are, is this the beginning of the end, like where we're seeing there, or is this just natural like normal movement in the markets, right? Um, the end where it's leading to, and the end game, if you will, is the destruction of the dollar. And that's the reason why inflation and interest rates, both of them trending higher, are bad for the dollar. Once the dollar gets below, say, 88, it's probably over. So it's trending up right now. It's at 92. Okay. It's had a little bit of a run. And I think this is the last hurrah for the dollar. I expect it to end the year under 88. And once it gets under 88, I think it goes all the way to 70. That'd be yeah. that'd be a massive crash. That would exactly. take a couple of years to happen, but the reason why is because of MMT. MMT has basically been accepted. We had a 1.9 trillion stimulus that's supposed to get signed officially signed in the next week. 
that's a $2 trillion check we're writing, which that's MMT and everybody just, nobody blinks. Nobody says, oh, we can't spend that kind of money. Let's so that's not the last check that we're gonna write. So the money supply in dollars is just gonna keep expanding, expanding, expanding. But simultaneous to that, the reason why the dollar is gonna go to 70 is because our economy is not gonna be able to basically get back on its feet. What I see happening is, okay, this melt up we're having right now, everybody thinks that everything's rosy and that we're just gonna keep trending higher and higher. You have to have income to do that. And so we're trying to basically print our way out of this. We're trying to basically print to prosperity. But this is, I think this has actually started like in 1980 when Reagan got into office and he started globalism and he started this free trade. Globalism hasn't been good for this country. And so now we're in a we're in a quandary. It's like how do we get our get this growth back in? You know, we basically been living I mean all you have to do is look at the debt and when Reagan got into office it was 1 trillion and now it's 28 trillion. Um, we're adding 1 2 3 4 trillion to that every year. Um, that's not good for the dollar. And so the dollar is going to get, you know, I think um, basically trounced over the next two years, which is going to be great for gold. Um, I think that gold under 2000 is not, is days are very short. Um, once this trend stops, I think we basically run back um, to 2000 fairly quickly. I expect us to get to 2200 this year is my expectation. Um, and then, so that's, that's how I view it. So the, the end run for me, now, one thing I want to make clear here is that I'm not expecting an economic collapse. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a kind of a bifurcation. Um, you're going to have like the top 5% who are doing fairly well in this country, and then everybody else is struggling. That's kind of the bifurcation. And then the money, and then you're going to have a lot of inflation, which basically hurts the lower 95% and the top 5% don't care about inflation. Well, we already so see that happening, right? So we already see the money flowing to to, to okay. the top 1%, top 5% because they own the assets, right? Yes. That, that so benefit from it. Corporate bonds, like like bond owners and all of the like investors in the real estate. Like if you look at real estate owners, like real estate is exploding because interest is so low. People are buying into like real estate up like crazy. Well, who, who benefits the people that own real estate already, right? So that, that can sell it. So that that's why would, like the, the disparity is already getting very like bigger and bigger um but right. like what, what i wanted to see as well i could talk about as well like where is the short term like where's the short-term trade right I, I mentioned tesla of course like where is that short-term money flowing into and i, I said like I, I think deutsche bank came out with a study that the i think it's the 24 to 35 year olds will invest roughly 40 percent of their stimulus money in stocks right so let's let's assume it goes into robin hood and all those free brokerage accounts right like where is that money flowing like are, are, should we, should we be front running right now uh, the Tesla stocks of the world? Like, where, where is that flowing? And then, like, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's maybe the question. Let's leave it at that. And we're going to talk about a couple other things. Well, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of that money is going to be mis, misplaced. What I mean by misplaced is if you put money in the stock market and then the stock market drops, you basically lose that money. So there's going to still be a lot of money that's injected into a lot of these, you know, technology companies. Um, there's lots of different sectors that people are going to invest money into, but I think a lot of it will be misplaced. Um, 
can I have a, really can I, can I give you a follow-up on that? Like an additional thought is actually because because of Robinhood, you can actually leverage your investment. Let's assume you you put a thousand dollars into it, but you can easily leverage three or five times. And I'm not a Robinhood trader, so I don't know what the real leverage rates are. But you can turn a thousand dollars into three five thousand dollars and play with that, really leverage that, and really push companies and options and and puts both sides of the equation right. So th that's going to have a massive effect, in my opinion. Right, it, it will. Um, I, I'm really bullish on technology. I think there's going to be a lot of inventions. Um, and for instance, one invention I think is coming is the magnetic mo motor. I've been waiting for that. I'll probably the, the company that gets a solid patent and gets the first the first company that's a mag magnetic motor on the market, I think is going to probably be the next Tesla possibly. <laughs> so I think there's going to be a lot of t new uh, um, investments to be made. But for me, the obvious investments is gold and silver, mining stocks, and crypto. I just think those are the real obvious plays. I don't think people really recognize the kind of leverage that exists, for instance, in silver. And I'm gonna, I want to talk a little bit about the silver squeeze. No, exactly I think that's a perfect segue to talk about it because I was going to ask you whether the, that the stimulus money is going to flow also into physical, right? Because yeah. especially, let's say, the older generation, where uh, I would buy just a bunch of silver coins for my kids or grandkids with that yeah, money so if I don't have to plug financial holds, right? I, I, yeah, I've been saying for years that silver is the best investment probably on a risk-reward basis just because there just isn't enough of it. Um, for instance, I think that the whole supply of silver breaks down if investors want around 35 to 40%. It starts to break down. For instance, there's not a lot of 1,000 ounce bars above ground. They, we, we, um, the supply is right around 80 million ounces a month. It's 1 billion, right? So if you take the 1 billion, uh, 80 times 12, when, is basically, a, um, that's right around your 1 billion ounces. So it's about 80 billion. So, so if you, the, if investors take 40% of that, so the amount is for each month, it's about $800 million. So 40%, well, 80 million ounces is about 80 billion or 40%. No, I'm sorry. 80, it's it's actually 83 million if you divide from 1 billion. On a dollar basis at 25, it's $2 billion a month. If you take 40% of that, it's $800 million. So if invest, there's only $800 million worth of physical silver for investors. Once investors basically want more than that, it creates a problem. And that's, that's, I'm being conservative. I actually think it starts to break down at 35%. So it could go down to maybe $700 million. Okay, that's the total supply that's available, right? It coming out of the ground. So basically it comes out of the ground and people start trying to grab it, right? So if one billionaire or two billionaires start saying, I want to have $100 million worth a month, if two of them did it, in three to four months, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be any silver. It would be gone. My point is that it's not a very on a dollar basis. Silver is really tiny. I mean, we're talking about less than the whole supply for investors is less than one billion dollars a month. Less than one billion. That's peanuts on the on on you know talking about. I mean, we have these treasury auctions that are 100 billion dollars in one week. 
100 billion in one week. I'm talking about 1 billion in one month. So it's tiny. And so now we're starting to see a lot of memes on Twitter, you know, the silver squeeze, um, the word's starting to get out. And people are starting to recognize that a shortage is coming. And I think it's inevitable. I think we will see a physical shortage. And once it happens, it's gonna be hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Um, silver is potentially, and I think silver is going to go over a hundred dollars. And the reason why is because of these potential shortages. Yeah. And it's gonna be a competition, not really a competition. It's gonna be um, a struggle between who can get the silver, the investors or the manufacturers, because they're both gonna be putting bids in. They're both gonna, they're basically gonna be bidding on the same silver. Well, to, to, maybe to follow up on that, maybe to jump in there, but uh, I, I've seen uh, the PSLV actually file a shelf prospectus to raise three more billion dollars to invest. Right. To, to issue right. shares for $3 billion right. to, to buy more right. physical silver, so, right? That, yeah, so I said that there's only uh, $800 million a month available total, and he wants to buy $3 billion. That's going to take him a year to accumulate all that silver. <laughs> uh, right. it, I mean, if he does it over six months, I mean, Sprott alone, if you try to do, buy $3 billion over three, four months, he alone would create the shortage. I, I think it's going to take him at least six months to accumulate that much silver. And, and through that whole six month period, silver is going to be really constrained. And if silver pops to $30, I've also been saying this, is that once you get to $30 silver, that is when the retail crowd jumps in. This retail crowd, and I'm talking about the retail crowd, I'm talking about the mom and pops out there, you know, basically um, your, your middle class, the people that, you know, they, 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 have, they have money to invest, but they don't invest 10,000 at a time. It's more like 1,000 at a time. That retail crowd, they don't get excited about silver when it's cheap. They don't care about $25 silver, 20 silver. But once it gets to 30, that's when their heartbeat starts flying. That's when they start saying, whoa, whoa, silver's trending here. And they really get excited at 40 and 50. And so that's when the retail crowd really comes to life. That's when the demand really starts pop, popping. I don't know what it is about silver, but the higher the price goes, the more... It's just People that FOMO like. trade. I think it's with everything. People chasing Tesla because it keeps going higher and higher. I keep coming back to it because it's just a poster yeah. child for a hype yeah. stock, right? So I think yeah. it's the same thing. Like, as you said, it's that FOMO trade. And uh, it's it's that hurt mentality as well, right? Like, you you only need 10% of opinion like to for 90% of the people to follow, right? It's the same thing. Right. So it's that domino effect, I think, that's going to trigger that. And as you said, we need some fear in the main markets to sort of move that 401k money. And if you see silver or gold moving in the other direction at the same time, then I think we got the perfect storm. Right. Um, let's get to some questions. And I want to uh, encourage everybody to ask some questions either in the YouTube chat or via Twitter as well. And we already got a couple of questions on Twitter. That's why I've been looking at the screen over here. Um, and, and one of the questions is, of course, um, uh, about your top three picks in the in the in the junior stock or in the junior space, like junior silver producers at the current price, like how, what what are you what are you looking at these days? Like what 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 are a couple names that come to mind there? Um, well, in the junior silvers, um, I'm actually going to be uh, releasing an article on Seeking Alpha. I'm thinking next week for silver, but I like I like the producers and I don't particularly like the small producers. Those are kind of outside. I might own one or two of them, but that's never not my focus. And there really isn't any majors. So basically all the silver producers other than the small producers 
look pretty interesting. Now, there's two majors right now the way I define them. I define them at, as a market cap of $3 billion or higher. So we have Hecla, Pan American are their two majors. And I, I think those are kind of must-own stocks. I mean, Pan, Hecla has risk um, at higher silver prices. So you have to kind of watch that. But anytime silver is like over 22, then Hecla is pretty strong. And Hecla does well in bull markets. It doesn't do well in bear markets. And then Hecla's twin is Coor Mining. And Coor is another one that does well in bull markets, not so good in bear markets. And the reason why is because their management teams tend to focus on growth. And so they never really get a chance to really clean up their balance sheets. But during the bull markets, they clean them up because they have all that free cash flow and the stocks start going higher. So those three, um, a couple other producers that I like is Endeavor Silver. I think Endeavor is a, a strong one. They have, they have gold now as well. Um, and then you have Alexco um, in, in the Yukon. I just like the location. I hope it can grow. Um, so that's five stocks. So yeah, just that, that's quite a lot. And we actually got a follow-up question about Fresneo as well, uh, which is more polymetallic, of course, but it never gets mentioned. Um, so curious, do you have an opinion on Fresneo at all? Yeah, they're like either the number one silver producer in the world or definitely in the top two. I think they might be number one. Um, so and the other thing that's fantastic about Fresneo is they own they have – 55% of the Juan Scipio mine, which is the high, the best silver mine in the world, in my opinion. Um, the grade is phenomenal, and they have all these offsets, so it has very low cost, um, just phenomenal mine. So, yeah, Fresneo looks good. Um, the only problem I have with it, it's a $10 billion market cap. So, you know, are you going to get a three-bagger out of that? You probably will. Um, I think it's great for um, diversity, you know, if, if you, if you they're, and they're probably going to have some high dividends down the road. But yeah, for, you know, Sounds you like boring. Two, high dividends, two, boring. <laughs> you know, I like high dividends. Uh, so yeah, Fresno looks pretty strong as far as like a two bagger, maybe a three bagger if silver goes to 100. But you know, it's a 10 billion, you know, is it going to go to 40 billion? That's a big jump, right? Exactly. That's why the 10 cent stock's always easier to go to 50 cents than from uh, from a dollar to two, right? So that's it's it's just one of the general rules, right? So depends um, on the market cap. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we got one question actually. Your opinion on royalty companies in the current environment? What are your thoughts on royalty companies? So, so royalty companies have a, a really high margin. So as the price of gold and silver goes up, they're going to do well. I consider them basically strong producers. They're like, you know, two, three, four baggers. I like the um, the. The quality ones, the ones that, you know, the higher market market cap ones, I think they don't have as much risk as, as some of the lower ones. My, I personally, I think they're, they're, I think they're kind of good for like um, investment funds or mutual funds, it gives you diversity. Um, and I think they'll, they'll do well. I mean, with their huge margins, I mean, most of them have 80% margins. So as the price of silver goes or gold, they basically, you know, they're, they're going to go right to their bottom line. So their market, so they should do well. Now, my, my problem, I personally don't own any for, for two reasons. The first reason is I, I'm very bullish on gold and silver prices. I think silver is going to $100. So why would I own a royalty company if silver was going to $100? Because at a certain point... Um, I think 
those contracts, um, which are basically all, I haven't seen that many that are uh, variable. They're basically, most of them are fixed. So if you have a contract that fixed at $4 silver, is that contract going to hold all the way to $100 silver? Yeah. What do you think, Guy? That, that's a very good question, actually. I'm not an expert on royalty companies, but that's a, that's a valid question because at some point it's probably worth paying the break fee, right? Right. So yeah. Uh, that's my yeah, that's that's my biggest problem is I don't know if those contracts are going to hold when gold and silver prices explode, and if they don't hold, how is that going to impact them? I don't want to have a miner and then one day I get in there and it's down 25 percent because one of their big contracts broke. Um, so that's a risk that, that exists. I don't think it exists in the near term. It's more in the long term. Um, the other one is, and Rob McEwen agrees with me on this one, is that in some respect, the royalty companies are somewhat, and I don't know the exact words to use here, but they're kind of antagonistic towards the whole overall industry, um, meaning that because they don't <laughs> play fair in a lot of these deals, and a lot of these deals are one-sided, it's not a win-win a, a lot of times for a lot of these contracts. And that, you know, that kind of gives me heartburn a little bit. I, I wish these contracts were more win-win for both sides. They weren't so one-sided. So that's my, that's okay, my no, fair, fair enough. I think that's quite extensive as well, right? So um, I think we covered a lot of ground in this conversation. I think... Uh, we would just need to get you back on fairly soon. So maybe at the end of the month when all goes to hell. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we should wait a little bit and um, maybe the end of April and we'll see if... Um... No, we'd love to. Like, I really yeah. love your insights. I think it's really uh, level-headed. Like, you, you look at the facts. So it's really, I yeah. always appreciate our conversations. And of course, yeah. the time you commit to our conversations as well. So thanks yeah, for joining us, Tom. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, let's see in the end of April how close we are to this correction and see how the next few months and see how, because I, I think we're going to muddle along here and then the market's going to roll over at a certain point. So Yeah, I'm really curious like what the stimulus money happens. is going to do to the market. If we're ever just going to see a massive melt up with, followed by a crash, whether we're, like I've seen right. somewhere, I'm not, whether we're in the stage three and stage four is the crash, okay. right? All right. So, yeah. So, all right. So a couple things. Um, uh, I'll plug myself a little bit. Yeah, uh, please, gold, please, please. I was going to ask you. So on my website, uh, yeah, everybody go check out goldstockdata.com, um, especially I mean, if you like and miners. That's that's what the website's for. It's for people that invest in gold and silver miners. If you do, I have a new three-part series out, uh, video series that I just released on my YouTube channel. So if you go to my website and click on the YouTube link, that'll take you to my channel. And then the third one is I this year I just updated my book. How to Invest in Gold and Silver. It's basically a textbook. So if you're new to investing in gold and silver mining stocks, um, the new edition um, definitely is both in, on Amazon, both in digital and paperback. You'll definitely enjoy that book. Fantastic. We're going to put that link in the description below as well. So include that. Don, fantastic insights, as I said before. Follow Don, at Don Durrett on Twitter as well. Uh, he, he tweets really actively. That's how I, I actually got to know Don. And uh, how I noticed him as well a, a while ago. So make sure to use that channel as well to contact him or uh, just follow him as well. Really appreciate the time, Don. Thanks for joining us. Everybody thanks, else, guys. thanks for watching. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for following us. Follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe here on Twitter as well. Uh, make sure to leave a comment and a like, the, especially a comment. What do you think? Where are we headed in gold? Le leave that comment below. Happy to discuss. We're always active on YouTube and Twitter as well. So we want to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back with more commentary this week. And uh, stay tuned. Thanks so much.